This is the Individual Matters Learning About Learning series. I'm Andrew Caton, and I'm joined by my wife and co-host, Dr. Katrina Caton, licensed clinical psychologist. Hello, everyone. Today, we're sharing ideas for getting more out of after-school conversations. Ever ask your child, how is school? And all you get back is, I don't know, or fine. Happens all the time, right? Obviously, there's not a lot of information exchange going on here. This question and answer duo becomes almost reflexive, and it's hard to break out of these old patterns and try something different. We know that parents and students both want deeper, more meaningful dialogue, but they're often unsure how to get there. So that's what we're going to discuss today. We'll offer some tips for shaking up after-school conversations. Okay, what's the first tip you have for us? Okay, tip number one is change the way you ask. So rather than asking, how was school? How was your day? You change it to something like, I'm wondering if, or... Tell me something that was hard today. Or you might say, tell me a time that you laughed really hard today. Um, Another thing you can do is try to get really specific. So rather than open-ended questions, you'd say, who'd you sit by at lunch today? What did you have for lunch? What was the topic today in history class? So by changing the way you ask the question, you will change the conversational dance and you will also be able to trigger thoughts or topics or things and kind of help them recall what happened during the day. Are there any ways to prepare for this? So if somebody's listening and thinking, yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'll give that a shot. Would you think of these questions beforehand and make sure you try some different ones each day so you're not repeating the same questions? Yeah, I think you want to definitely think about it before um, and maybe come up with three questions that you're going to ask. I think we all fall into that rut and we might say something like, hey, how was school? And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, okay. And so you're not even really listening when you ask the question. You just kind of reflexively, it's sort of like when we say, hey, how's it going? And good, how are you? Good, okay. And then nobody's really connecting on those kinds of exchanges. So I think if you think about it ahead of time and have those questions prepared, then it'll be a more meaningful exchange with your student. Yeah, that's a fantastic way to shake things up and try something new. And you never know what might come out of that. What's the second tip you have? So tip number two is to model how to connect or model how to communicate about your day. So you want to start instead of with how was your day, you might say, hey, I got to tell you this funny story about work today or listen to what my boss did. Or you might even say, hey, guess what I had for lunch and I sat by so-and-so. So essentially what you're doing is you're you're starting the conversation by modeling and by sharing about your day first. Your kids want to hear about your day. Your kids want to think about you in your office or sitting in your car alone, eating your lunch or going for a walk. They do want to hear funny stories about your boss. And so um, share those. And then essentially you're modeling. This is the kind of information I'm hoping you'll share with me. Okay. And is it reasonable to expect that this, that they'll start sharing spontaneously or that they'll start sharing first right away? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But I think um, if you continue to model it, you're opening up that conversation, you're opening up that connection, and ultimately that's the point. So I think each student will be different, and some will, and some might ask a whole bunch of follow-up questions. Others, teenagers, might shrug and go, huh. But they're thinking about it, they're listening, (laughs) you're modeling, you're mixing it up. But we've got to do first what we expect our kids to do or what we want them to do. So model, model, model. Okay, so ask different questions, then model how to share. What's the third tip? 
So tip number three is to be mindful about creating an open and receptive atmosphere or environment for those conversations and exchanges to take place. So turn off the radio, put your phone down, and essentially talk less, listen more, embrace those moments of silence, give that student a chance to think or to process or to come up with something to say. Don't talk over them or jump in. You want to just genuinely pay attention. And if you're not genuinely paying attention, they know. And they're going to be a lot less likely to answer your question because it's clear that you're scrolling on your phone or you're not really answering or listening to the response that they're giving. Yeah, that's a good communication strategy or skill for today's technology world, right, is to put the phone away and really listen. You made another point there that I'll echo, which is to let the, to be comfortable with the silence. And if there are these periods of time when nobody's talking, that's okay. You're still listening. That's right. And sometimes if you wait, you'll get an answer. But if you jump in, you might not get that answer. The other piece here is to also follow up on previously shared information um, by saying, oh, by the way, how did that project go? Or did you guys watch a movie? You said you were going to watch a movie today in this class. By following up on those specific details, you're communicating that you really do care and that you are remembering and you are listening and that it is worth the conversation. Awesome. Okay. What is the, uh, what is it? The fourth tip that we have. So this is really about fine tuning your own active listening and reflective listening skills. We absolutely expect students to show good active listening in class, at home, whenever we're talking to them. You know, one of the ones you'll hear me say is look at me. So I know you're listening. So the whole idea here is that we expect this from them when we're talking or when we're lecturing or when we're delivering information. And so we need to make sure that our own active listening and reflective listening skills are pretty strong. So essentially the way that you do that is by you're not problem solving. You don't rescue them from their emotions. You don't teach. This isn't a teaching moment unless you're modeling, then you're teaching something else. And um, you're just listening. You're just listening to what they have to say. Uh, if you're unsure how to respond or um, you kind of get the urge to rescue or teach or problem solve, then that's when you do what's that reflective listening skill is all about, which is, wow, that sounds really frustrating. Or, wow, that sounds hilarious. Sounds like you couldn't stop laughing. Or, wow, you kind of sound sad when you're talking about that. So really what you're doing is reflecting back emotion or content as opposed to saying, yeah, you really shouldn't have been laughing during that time or that's not really appropriate, you know. That takes some real practice to do, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely takes practice. I would say, um, you know, lots of couples and families spend a lot of time in counseling trying to refine these skills and really be an active listener who then reflects back what's heard in an accurate way, but also in one that doesn't sound like you're mimicking or trying to um, guess. I mean, it has to really be genuine. And the only way for that to happen is for you to really listen and think about what was going on for my student in this moment, how might they have felt. Um, and you really have to practice and be ready because, you know, your second grader comes to you and tells you this funny story about um, some butt joke, 
you know, and you want to say, hey, that's probably not an appropriate topic during math class. Well, you're going to shut down that conversation, that communication. They're not going to share those things with you. And as they get older and older, you've taught them that sharing what really happened is not safe with you. It has to be appropriate. It has to be what you want to hear. And by just reflecting back and being present, you're saying whatever you're willing to share, I'm willing to hear. Excellent. So ask different questions, model how to share, really listen, reframe or use reflective listening. What's the fifth tip? So uh, the fifth tip is to pick a way or a theme to routinely bring up the um, topic of how did your day go so that whenever they're going along in their day, they might be thinking about that you're probably going to ask them. So let me give you an example. One way would be, I use this in therapy, is um, thinking of a rose, and we have petals and we have thorns. So we might say, what were the petals today? And that would be the things that were really great or wonderful or funny or exciting. And then thorns might be things that were a little bit more challenging. Um, You can use challenges and successes, uh, hits or misses. You can use thumbs up, thumbs down. You can kind of pick whatever theme you want, but the idea is that you use it each time and the child knows it's coming. And so they then start to kind of reflect during the week or during the day that you're going to have this conversation. And when you introduce this conversation at bedtime or in the car at dinner, they kind of know why you're asking. This is just a reflective moment. You're not being, um, luxury or you don't have an agenda. This is just kind of what we do. We just check in and share. And then we go back to the other tip, which is then you model and you say, here were my petals today and here were my thorns. And again, so you're kind of wrapping in that modeling, that routine, that connection. And the nice thing about it too, is it can prompt the topic. Whereas an open-ended question, like how is your day might not bring that up for them. And it's an opportunity to practice really listening and reflective listening too. Okay, those are five good tips. Here's a question for you. If, in, if you're in a conversation or if you're in the car with your student or around the dinner table and you forget everything that we just talked about, what do you do? If you, get, if you feel yourself getting stuck or you want to try something different, is there one, is there one action or approach to take? If you get stuck, you can always fall back on that reflective listening. If you practice it before, then you can use it virtually any time. So I think the key here is really going back to being prepared ahead of time. We're asking our kids to open up and talk to us, but we need to go in with the skills and the practice to make that happen. The other important point I want to make is these smaller conversations and how you respond to your student is setting you up for how they're going to share with you later when the price and the cost is a lot higher. So you're essentially um, creating the dance of communication when they're little or younger so that when they're teenagers and they're in that kind of situation where they're not sure what to do, some kind of scary thing comes up, some major decision has to be made. You've taught them over the years that you're a safe person, someone who listens, someone who gets it, someone who checks in, someone who puts the phone down, someone who asks the good, hard questions that they're kind of worried that maybe you won't ask. So really, this isn't just about how was your day, but you're setting up the communication dance that you're going to have with your child, probably for most of their life. So 
Um, it's really important to put the work in ahead of time and go in with the skills and the intentions to do a good job connecting regardless of the topic. It's about butts in second grade and it's about some scary stuff when they're teenagers. That's an excellent point. This is all training and skills development and getting all of these pieces in place so that when the cost goes up, you'll have the, the tools to handle it and they will too. Fantastic. Okay, real quick uh, review. You talked about asking different questions or modifying the question instead of just asking how a school, you're going to guide them or maybe get more specific. Um, we also want to model how to share information and you can lead the way as a parent by sharing about your day. Talked about really listening and turning off, cre creating an atmosphere that's conducive to listening, turning off or putting away other distractions and being present. Talked about reframing or reflective listening. And then finally, picking a theme that the entire family can use to support or scaffold some of this information sharing, either on the car ride home or around the dinner table or wherever. Is that everything? Yeah, I think those are um, the five tips. And we just challenge you to try those out for the next couple of weeks and see if it changes that communication dance that you do at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun and should be effective. As always, you can find more information as well as resources on our website, individualmatters.org. We hope you'll join us for the next podcast where we'll continue to learn about learning and share ways to help your student and yourself lead a more positive and fulfilling life.